Hello, everyone. This is Tommy at World at War Comics. Thanks for joining today. We have another amazing guest. Today, we have CEO Jack Egan. Um, he's also the editor-in-chief for WTF Comics. I think you're going to really enjoy this one. WTF Comics has some amazing comic books. You should be reading those. Go to WTFcomics.com to check it out. Um, they got uh, Black Alpha. They got Hourglass. There's a lot on there. They have manga. Check them out. You won't be disappointed. Before we get into this interview, though, if you could give us a like and a subscribe, that would help us out a lot. But without further ado, here is my conversation with Jack Egan. Thanks, everyone. Well, welcome, everybody, to the show. We have another amazing guest. Today, we have Jack Egan, CEO, Editor-in-Chief at WTF Comics. Jack, finally get to meet you in person, my friend. We've been talking for about a year through Instagram and other uh, means of social media. But, uh, man, it's great to have you on, my friend. Yeah, man, I've been I've, I've loved watching your progress with your book, and um, I'm just glad to be here. Yeah, no, we're happy to have you, man. Uh, WTF has got some amazing titles, if you're not aware of them, man. Black Alpha is one of my favorites, Hourglass. But we'll get through all of that. But first, Jack, I thought maybe we'd do is kind of go into uh, your history a little bit, how you got into comics, your passion for comics, writing. I know you did some film and film industry. So maybe let's start. Uh, where did the passion for uh comics start in your life <laughs> wow that's hard to pin down yeah um i mean so uh I, i'm like super dyslexic adhd uh what people are currently now calling neurodivergent which is mm -hmm. the term changes all the time but um as a kid like i i think it was seven years old when they realized i couldn't read or write at all like mm -hmm. i just been faking it. if you read something to me i could memorize it instantly but i couldn't write oh. um and so I had these, you know, this composition notebooks, the black and white composition mm -hmm. notebooks. Um, at some point, uh, I'd kind of gone home and I was in college. You know, so I actually graduated with a, a major communications in print media, mm -hmm. even though they told me most of my life I would never get past like a high school reading level. Wow. But so I like went home and I opened up my old bedroom closet and there was composition notebooks. Just so many. I've been writing stories my whole life. And I went and realized that there was actually a few from before I actually learned how to write. So it was just really? pages and pages of nonsense, just wiggly lines and little weird drawings. And I actually could remember. I was like, oh, I actually remember that story kind of. That's like, cool. I sort of remember details. So I just storytelling has always been a big passion of mine. It's just something built into me, I guess. Um, and on that same kind of note, years later after college, um, when and I'd been in the film industry forever and ever. Uh, I ended up in Raleigh, North Carolina, living in Raleigh, but I was managing a film studio in Wake Forest. Mm -hmm. And I just had been talking to a couple of friends and everybody was like, oh, yeah, you know, comics are coming back, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, I used to have some comics. I like stored them all. So I went home to Durham. I was like, let me just see what I've got. I pulled them out. And I started like remembering like, oh, yeah. Like the first thing I remembered was all of my favorite comics had become the worst movies, like, <laughs> <laughs> like hands down. It was like Daredevil, Ghost Rider, Punisher. <laughs> I was like, why? <laughs> why are y'all doing this to me? Yeah. But well, I started, like, Ben Affleck <laughs> Daredevil was pretty tough. Oh, it's hard to... <laughs> I mean, I remember putting on the Ghost Rider, the first Ghost Rider movie with a friend of mine, and, and she was literally like, is this like a romantic comedy? And I was like, oh, <laughs> that tells no. you everything you need to know. <laughs> but I was flipping through my books, and I just sort of like suddenly remembered how much joy they had brought yeah. me. And I had like almost every spectacular Spider-Man. I had all the Punisher War journals. I had yeah. 
the the first uh wolverine run i'm looking up at my wall like you can see them they're all framed and shit but um and i just was like oh i should get back into this and it yeah. just spiraled like so fast next thing i knew <laughs> i was totally addicted and i'd always been into anime and read a lot of manga and so i just kind of like picked that back up yeah. um so it was sort of like i'd always been into it but i totally forgot for a really yeah. long time yeah and then yeah. sort of flash forward uh, jeff messer and i had been talking um, with my business partner John Jones about entertainment stuff. We're and I'm still heavily involved in TV and movies. And Jeff and I kind of bounced back and forth and came out with this idea of a TV show. If you ever saw um, Inside the Actor Studio mm. with James Lipton, the idea was let's do that for comics. Yeah, uh, because the comic creators of the world, especially the, the older guys, are totally neglected. I mean, you go to a comic con, everyone's like, oh my god, yeah, comic con. That's that's one weekend. And these guys only do maybe six a, a year yeah. for a lot of them. That's their entire income. Like a lot yeah. of them don't work anymore. They, right. you know, we, and a lot of them don't own their characters and they have their own private projects that where they're trying to do on Kickstarter. No one's paying attention to. And we're like, ah, it's like such a shame. So let's do these interviews. And it was literally as I was sitting there listening to some of these guys, like, I mean, big names, you know, we, we've had Neil Adams, um, uh, Charles Vess, you wow. know, Brian Stelfries, LaRoque, all these big names. And hearing them talk, um, I was like, wow, like somebody should like reach out to one of these guys. Yeah. You know, like I know all these investors who put up so much money, like the movie industry. And this is where John and I, we both are, are we, I think we like looked at each other one day and we both went, uh-huh. Yeah. Cause we're like, we, we got people raising 20 million, a hundred million dollars, right. That's to try crazy. to make a movie or a show uh -huh. or a Netflix pilot. And we were like, well, a comic, like the artist has a page rate. They don't care if on this page you blow up a car yeah. or if this page they're in outer space. There's no visual right. effects budget. There's no yeah. stunt complications. You know, we were like, wow, like what a great way to tell stories, actually. It was like sort of staring at us right in the face. Yeah. <laughs> and so it all started with this, like, well, we'll do one book. Like, maybe we'll find someone who needs to translate a book to English and we'll do that, you know. And so we did one book and then and then John pitched an idea. And I was like, well, I have a couple, I have a, like scripts. Like, I mean, I also wrote in the film industry is how it, a lot of times I've made my rent mm -hmm. it was either ghostwriting or doing spec scripts. So I had a like, file cap full of scripts that I was turning into self-published novels just out of boredom. And I was like, well, that's like nobody's reading them. And also, I like I love novels, but it's just not as interesting. I, I yeah. wanted to see it. Yeah. So we it spiraled again. Like it just turned around things we're like, oh, we'll do one book. Oh, we'll do two books. Well, we'll do three books. And now we're having to turn people down. Like we have people yeah. constantly all over the world, which is one of the things like you and I were talking about before we started was like the internet is so amazing because you connect yeah. with people you don't actually know or see. And suddenly like people from South America, the Philippines, Indonesia, they're, they're hitting us up going, Hey, I love what you guys are doing. Here's my book, you know? And we, we said yes to a few people that very quickly we were like, wow, we have to say no because we're yeah. not 50 people. We're not a yeah. hundred <laughs> people, you know, like, like a lot of it either comes down to me or to one of the, you know, like Daryl, who's our in-house artist or who, you, yeah. know, you know, it just, it spirals so fast. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I've always loved comics. I just didn't, I guess for a long time, I didn't realize anybody else cared. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, and the way movies and comics connected always like um, yeah. fascinated me. Like I've got the Nightbreed. I don't know if you've ever seen the, the Nightbreed film, but I've got the comics. I've got like random toys, VHS tapes. I always loved Nightbreed. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, the Max, you know, um, yeah. I've got all the Max comics. I've, you know, I have VHS tapes of the 
uh, MTV liquid television series, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Oh, Max like, was oh. so amazing, man. It's such a cool idea. And it's such an underrated book. You know, yeah. it really is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sucker for like the history of things. So that was a whole other, you know, yeah. and I go down that hole where I'm like, Oh, wow. Like this artist actually created this. And then he got replaced by this artist. And that's, um, that's also, you know, I, I studied film history, for instance. And so I always, I love, I love the arts. I love the arts when they merge into business and when you have storytelling mixed in, like I love getting into the history of all that. Yeah. 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 Um, so cool. yeah, I mean, that's sort of how I got into comics. I mean, um, I, you know, I definitely have always kind of been a Marvel guy. It wasn't uh-huh. intentional, Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? but most of the stuff I read and grew up with was Marvel. And I was, you know, oddly, I was like a spectacular Spider-Man. Guy. Yeah. You know, I didn't grow up with amazing Spider-Man. I grew up with spectacular Spider-Man. Um, uh, Dimateus, for instance, J.M.D. Mateus, like yeah. his work, like I got to know him from when we yeah. interviewed him, and I've, oh, cool. I've tried to stay in contact on Facebook, and and like that was a, also a revelation that as we were interviewing people, I realized there are people in my head, and I think maybe this is true for a lot of fans. You pick up a book, uh-huh. like as a kid, you're like Jack Kirby, wow, I bet he was alive in 1842, <laughs> you know, like I bet he's like an icon that there's probably statues to him somewhere, and little did I know he was alive while I was alive. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. Gone to a con and met him, you know. Yeah. And you miss those things, and you you sort of like, oh, holy shit, these are real people. Yeah, They're man. still out there. I can, yeah. you know, I can meet them. I can learn from them. Um, and so that really like that spawned part of my re, yeah, uh, uh, energy towards comics it was like, wow, I should get to know these people, see what they have to offer, what they can teach me, what I can learn from them. Um, you know, and it's crazy to see that Dimitris is putting out new Spider-Man stuff. That's, that's very crazy. much like that's. That's like a throwback. Like, yeah. <laughs> like the, the last or the the last hunt or whatever is new yeah, version yeah. of the Craven thing. I was like, dude, really? We're going back to that? Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. No, I mean it, it's it's incredible to like you said, to be able to uh meet some of these folks that we grew up reading like that and then to be able to interview them. I think that's really cool. But like you said, there's some of these people, man, there we could have met them. And we just didn't realize, right, that in our mind, we're like, man, these these are giants in the industry. And, you know, they started in 1850 writing comics. And <laughs> that's not the case at all, right? No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's fascinating, too, that it, it's had such a huge impact culturally. Yeah, yeah and it hasn't for sure. really been around that long. Um, yeah, really not. I mean, right, 19, probably 40s, 30s. Yeah, that's kind of when, like, the comic market really took off. I'm trying to think of, there's... um. God's Man is mm-hmm. often referred to as the last or the first graphic novel ever created. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that's actually like from the 1920s or something yeah. or, or mm-hmm. early 1900s. And it's you, they're using those wood carving presses yeah. to put the image down. Um, and I've heard other debates about what the first graphic novel or comic is, but like yeah. it obviously didn't really take a hold. Yeah. And, and then seeing what happened with Marvel through the 90s really. Mm-hmm. He, such an iconic company today the idea that marvel could go out of business sounds so crazy right yeah. you know, like that's not possible yeah but it was a very real problem that they were like we may shut our doors forever yeah, yeah um and i did see this thing i always love to point out that like people don't realize apparently that um blade was one of the main reasons they were able to keep their doors open yeah, yeah. wow everyone's like what was the you know they talk about the first r comic movie and like they don't even talk about blade and it's like dude yeah. blade saved marvel apparently yeah. um 
And I think that was really when Marvel went, hold up, like we can make way more money making movies. Yeah. And it took them a long time to get here, but, um, and I don't know, I do debate the, I feel like sometimes we might've hit the peak, you yeah. know, when we had in game, <laughs> we had this like great buildup. Yeah. I don't know if we'll ever see that kind of peak again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, I mean, when you're pumping out billion dollar movies every single year, I mean, that's pretty impressive. And now it's like a complete failure if you don't hit a billion dollars, which sounds yeah. crazy to me. But when you have projects that are costing $300 million and then you split 50 50 with all the movie theaters, I mean, you've if got that. to pump if out. That. Yeah. If that, you got to pump out 800 million, 700 million just to break even, right? So, it, it's a crazy industry right now. Money is being thrown everywhere. And uh, I'm not sure that's good uh, in the long run, right? The Flash just got pulled from thousands of theaters. Yeah, they, that's crazy. They're just losing money trying to run it. It's a $300 million movie. And like, yeah. I think theaters on average, because I went out and got a job as a projectionist when I realized film was going to die. I was like, we're going to replace all the film projectors. And I just wanted that experience. I worked with film, but I was like, I really want to like, go be a projectionist. So I picked up a side job when I already had uh -huh. two jobs. Um, but I realized the theater, they, the, guy, the guy who owned it um, was telling me, he was like, yeah, we only make like five cents on a, or like 20 cents on a ticket sale. Wow. Like, what? He was like, and sometimes I can get like a dollar 20 on like a 10 or $15 ticket. That's crazy. I was like, what? He was like, well, that's why you go in the movie theater and you're like, why is my popcorn $15? Yeah. Like, that's the only way we can stay open. And that's when like, okay, let's make pizzas. Let's add beer. Yeah. That's that was just them trying to figure out how to stay alive, how to stay yeah. open. And it's like, yeah, now you've got like people are like, you didn't make a billion dollars on your movie, it's trash. It's like, yeah, okay, that sounds crazy. But yeah, you you spend three hundred million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> like and That's then you kind of you're like, Yeah, we how's our education system? Can we maybe yeah. <laughs> like how did we come up with the money for another iteration of Spider Man or Batman? But we can't yeah. like <laughs> all right, okay. <laughs> Um, yeah that's a whole other flash. topic man Boy, yeah. we go forever on that one man <laughs> yeah i try i'll try real hard to keep my political, <laughs> political <laughs> nah. all good man there. all good jack all good man so you know with, with comics right you have this history you went in through film where did wtf start with you covid 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 um you know, we, we had a COVID sprouted a bunch of comic companies, I think, man. Yeah, it sprouted all sorts of wild things. I mean, for me, it was a whole life changing experience. Like, basically, when I came out of COVID, I had walked away from the film industry. Uh -huh. I had become a single dad. Yeah. Um, you know, like, I, basically everything about my life had completely shifted. Mm. Um, all my priorities had shifted. Yeah. And just during COVID, we, you know, it started with uh, WTF broadcasting, really. Uh, which the idea was, I think it literally started with, I was like, why don't I just stream old public domain cartoons like mm. every Saturday morning on Facebook for yeah. everyone? I had 4,000 followers and I was like, I love that. I miss that. Yeah. I miss Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, yeah. And so it was nothing to set it up and do it. And the algorithm mm. hadn't gotten so crazy uh, as it is now. It's really even free stuff that you legally have a right to, to stream. Facebook will usually flag you for it because they can't yeah. tell the difference. Yeah. But at the time, yeah, I was like playing the um, all sorts of stuff. And I was talking to John, um, John Jones, the creator of Hourglass, my business partner. And, you know, he and I started pitching this idea like, well, we could live stream video games. We get we have all these friends who make web series, who do talk shows, who do, you know, yeah. whatever. We're like, why don't we just put that all under one thing? And and couldn't we kind of automate it to just stream 24 seven? Yeah. And so WTF Broadcasting, I think it streamed live. 
uninterrupted basically for a couple of years. Um, every once in a while, the stream, there would be a glitch, you know, the power would blink or something and we would just reboot it. But like, there were times that we literally went uninterrupted for months. Wow. And I was just hooking up the hard drive and, and adding something else to the playlist. We had people who started shows because they were like, Oh, I want to be, I, I, I could do something. I'll interview people about this. I'll, you know, yeah. we had friends who are very politically active and they're like, well, I'll, I'll send you footage from different rallies and different uh, protests. And we were like, yeah, okay, well, you know, sure. Um, and in there, John and I had, we're like, well, we're already putting out comics. Like what, what we should just start a comic company. <clears throat> and, um, oddly enough, and we're working on it right now. Like this is actually, I guess like an exclusive or whatever you want to call it. But we are trying to find and lock down the artists that we really want uh -huh. to do a book that actually is the story of WTF broadcasting in the sense that when we created, and this is where it gets meta and confusing, but <laughs> when we created WTF broadcasting, everybody was like, WTF, it must be what the fuck. And yeah. I, I'm assuming cursing's fine. Sorry, I've been cursing. Like, That's okay. Show, you're but, good. You're good. But um, we actually, it was world transmission frequency. <laughs> and it was because there was a story we were like this isn't just a, a a live streaming thing if you watched it there were random clips with hidden messages there was mm. these sort of um using stock images things that might get picked up by satellites put together to music and then you would see flashes of this guy like trapped in some kind of spaceship <laughs> and the reality was there's a whole story about who actually owns and runs that signal oh wow and That's so cool. <laughs> Actually, several of our books all take place in the same universe. Uh -huh. And we haven't explained any of this to anybody. Like, you no. really have to kind of be paying attention. And you'd be like, yeah. well, wait, like, wait, who are those random dudes? Like, what is this random device? Like, and yeah. it all will connect. Um, and so uh, right now, the working title that we always refer to it as is The Singularity. Mm. And the first issue will really kind of make that all makes sense that's awesome <laughs> um and so it, but at the flip side wtf it does stand for at the same time it totally does stand for what the fuck because like that's sort of our motto is like we look yeah. at things and we either say like why like what the fuck why isn't this being published like yeah, wow yeah. that's a crazy story what the fuck that's awesome yeah. you know <laughs> like that's, that's kind of our litmus test like if we look yeah. at something and we're just kind of like that's good but it's not for us <laughs> yeah yeah because <laughs> it yeah. didn't spark that like what the <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's, it's been fun. And, and, you know, John and I, we all take on our own characters technically. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that stems from my love of music. Like I, mm. you know, I grew up loving like the Alice Cooper type yeah. of like creating your persona, um, the band ghosts, if you follow them at all. Like, I just love that concept of like, people had no clue who those guys were for years and years yeah. and years. They, he wore like latex face appliances and then put on his rock makeup on top of that That's so crazy. that people thought there was this old guy yeah singing for the band and it was like no there's a young guy under the old guy mask wearing makeup <laughs> on top of the mask and you're like and i love that kind of thing um so that's kind of that's that's sort of the yeah the encompassment of where wtf comes from that's awesome man so then so wtf's been around for i guess four years now yep yep that's awesome and then um what was the first title that you guys uh, actually produced as a comic book? So the first book that we created, uh, not translating from, mm -hmm. another, you know, from another country or anything, um, it's like, I guess it would have to be Hourglass. Mm -hmm. um, we, we teamed up with Tom Rash really early on. Yeah. Um, Tom is truly a family member at WTF. Like, we, yeah, we consider him part of the inner circle. 
Yeah. Um, and he had come up with Black Alpha when he was 11 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he Incredible. worked at Marvel through the 90s. He worked on the Punisher 2099 stuff. And um, I, I don't even, I can't even remember when he put out the first issue. Mm-hmm. He got signed with another company. And I'm not going to get into which company, but like, yeah. They treated him horribly. They took mm-hmm. his product, refused to do anything with it, and then told him if he wanted to sign with anybody else that he had to pay them. Um, when they'd already broken their contract multiple yeah. times so we stepped in and, and legally took over got our attorneys involved and we were like we you know we sent them a cease assist and now all this other stuff and we we're like hey like bring it on like if you're gonna yeah. screw with tom you're gonna screw with us like we are yeah. prepared to, to take you to court um yeah. they immediately backed down yeah, <laughs> yeah so in a sense black elf was kind of our first book because it was but it was already done you know we picked yeah. up the first issue um, we put together the kickstarter for him uh, now the second issue is coming out. So that's been a long journey for him. But in-house, the very first book really would be Hourglass. Um, mm-hmm. And it it's something that John, like, I think, because John is, you know, uh, I guess an entrepreneur is just the easiest way to say it. He, yeah. That guy works so hard. And he would yeah. call me from some random place in the country. I mean, I, I'd be like, what are you doing this week? He's like, oh, I'm working on a deal where... I found these people in Nigeria and we're like buying up old shipping containers and sending them to Saudi Arabia where they're melting them down and we're selling them to this company in China. And I'm like, where are you? And he's like, Asheville, North Carolina. I'm just at home. And I'm like, what? <laughs> he's like, but he's always driving. Like he also, yeah. he, at one point he's like the largest um, hemp distributor in the nation. Like right. Really? And then he was like, this is, this sucks. I'm tired of it. And he just he went into, I think he even did um, COVID tests and yeah. ventilators at one point, you know? Um, <laughs> But he was like in the car and he called me. He's like, Jack, I have an idea. And it's kind of simple. And I think it'd be a good like launching pad for WTF. And I think we can get it done in just a few issues maybe. And I was like, all right, what is it? And he's like, all right. So there's like, I won't go into everything, but like there's it's a little bit of Kung Fu, a little bit of conspiracy, a little bit of magic. And in essence, you end up with a young kid who suddenly has these powers. Mm. And if he uses these powers, he ages. He gets older, like immediately. And there's this older guy who, when he uses the same powers, basically, but on a polar opposite, he gets younger. Younger, yeah. And they're attracted <laughs> to each other. And That's so it's awesome. sort of like first issue, you meet them. Second issue, uh, everything's like their powers kind of launch and you, you realize like what they're capable of. Third issue is they glide together. And so yeah. um, that that was the pitch. I was like, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I dig that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and you were talking about uh, Berserk and, and a lot of those. That's John's like favorite. Oh, yeah. manga and so he was like yeah you know i know he's like jack i know the joke is always i want to kill everybody like every time you pitch an idea i'm like great we can kill everybody at the end and, he's like, on, dude. and he was like i don't he's like i don't know if we should kill everybody and i'm of course in the corner like yeah yeah totally they could all die um i'm always for how can i pull at someone's heartstrings you know, yeah that's yeah. always my go-to um and so i'm not i'm not going to reveal the the end of hourglass but that was yeah. a huge debate uh yeah. like where does this end um and um, so, yeah, we've, we've got the first book done. We hooked up with this team, um, uh, uh, GS20 Studios out of Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gary Gaffney and Rafan um, have been doing incredible work for us. And they've really hung in there. I think Rafan sent me something where he was like, hey, this is like the two-year, whatever, three-year anniversary since we met and started working on this series. And he was like, I, just cool. have, like he was like, I really, it's, it's been like so fun. And he was like, yeah. I, and I think with a lot of these artists, like it, there's two, there's two kinds of artists, unfortunately. Uh-huh. There's the artist that flake on you, yeah. you know, <laughs> and yep. 
Been and, there, done that. And, yeah. Yeah. And you're just like, they could be great and there could be no excuse. <laughs> just yeah. vanish one day. Done. <laughs> and then they're the artists <laughs> that are constantly having other people flake on them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I it's think true. that's who Gary and Rafon were. They were like, we didn't know if you guys would, <laughs> would write this out. <laughs> like, if, when you started this, you were like, yeah, we'll knock it out. And we're like, well, it's three issues. Each issue is going to be like 30 pages. And yeah. Um, it's, it's detailed work that we, you know, we, we're pulling in all these other stories. It does involve the singularity storyline in a sense. So like, yeah, it's not a straight, um, Oh yeah. Just draw 28 pages of fighting. It'll be cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's been a long ride and there's, yeah. you know, I grew up with the Shaw brothers, Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee, you know, yeah. like watching those bootleg VHS tapes, you know, sometimes they didn't even have subtitling. You're just like, I don't speak Mandarin, but yeah, that guy just got his ass kicked and he's really <laughs> yeah. the bad guy. <laughs> you know? So we've we've taken time and the raid. I, I know John would be like, "Don't you dare not mention the raid." The raid is a huge influence for him on this book. So we have literally yeah. sent uh, YouTube videos to Gary, being like, "Hey, when we get to this fight scene, can you throw in this yeah. this back and forth, like this quick combination or whatever?" Um, so that we hope fans who grew up with that stuff will be like, "Oh yeah, yeah. oh wait, didn't he just do that same kick that Jackie Chan did in that one movie? <laughs> you know, things like that." That's awesome, man. That's so cool. And then Black Alpha, right? So we have Hourglass. We have issue one out right now. Two and three are coming. We yeah. have Black Alpha issue one that is out. But issue two is coming too. There'll be a Kickstarter coming up. Yeah. And I, <clears throat> we had done a post like, hey, we really want to announce the Kickstarter soon. Yeah. Um, and we're trying to kind of just let people know like it is like, like it's built. The Kickstarter is built. Yeah. Um, but we really learned so much from the first couple of Kickstarters we did. Uh-huh. And I, I, I probably overthink these things, but I'm a fan. You know, I donate yeah. to Kickstarters all the time. Yeah, um, yeah, I appreciate the work that people put into it, and I've come to recognize that, like, sometimes you, you get stuff, and you're like, "Wow, this is like you printed this on your printer at home, dude!" Like, and so we work really hard trying to find the best merch, like the coolest yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. But we, it is like we're doing a Kickstarter because we're raising money for the next book. So yeah. I'm working those numbers constantly. Like, how can I give fans the biggest bang for their buck? Right. Um, and still get to where we have the money for the second book. Mm-hmm. And so that's literally the only reason we haven't launched it is we keep finding better stuff. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I can, I can actually br- bring the price margin down. That means fans at a lower tier can get this. Yeah. You know, and we want people to be able to get shirts and hats and stickers and all sorts of cool stuff. Um, the other thing that we learned was that people really, we underestimated people's interest in sort of the, um, role play that interaction mm. part of of the kickstarter and the comics so we had yeah. done a um, a quick thing where we were like okay if you uh if you can decipher this alien code which we just posted <laughs> i think in a chat or something uh-huh. or whatever on the kickstarter we're like if you can decipher it with the key which of course the key was in the, the kickstarter if you scroll to the bottom the key was oh. right there <laughs> um, and you send us a message, you will get your name in this, uh, this like list, you know, um, I was trying to see if I had it here. Yeah. So the wall of fame, right. Oh, that's cool. And so I don't, you know, for those of you who can see, yeah, we ended up putting it in the book and, and people went nuts. Like they were like, <laughs> Oh, that's so cool. Oh my God. Um, and so this time around we were like, wow, we need to like, we need to take that up a notch. So yeah. one of the fun things we did because Black Alphas really comes from the Star Wars, Star Trek yeah. fandom world. So there's like, I mean, Tom has gone way above and beyond. There's galaxies, planets, 
star systems, flags, languages. So detailed. Languages, so detailed. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, and so there's the tier system. We broke it down into rank. You know, in the first Kickstarter, it was like, if you did this one, you're a guardsman. If you do this tier, you're now high council director. There's prime guardsman. Um, it just goes on and on. And advanced guardsman. And so on this next Kickstarter, I was like, well, how can we take that further? You know, and also, and again, it's how can we repay people who are being loyal, who are like really being supportive. So I was like, what we need to do is first track everybody's rank. Yeah. So we have been slowly, it's basically done, <laughs> but there's a hidden page that we will open up soon on our website that is everyone's current rank. Oh, and then cool. we have common <laughs> commendations that we're adding. Yeah. And star. So like you just like you would have a one, two, three, four star general. Uh-huh. Um, we're adding that. And then and so it's this Kickstarter is like really complicated. <laughs> but then we had to stop and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't want people who tune into it to be confused either. We yeah. want to simplify. So we are setting it up so that like you if you donate to this one and you hit a certain rank, you can up your rank. And if the one two star system we're keeping it really simple if you do one star it means you're getting this next book number two if you do the same tier but it's like a step up it just means you're getting both books the first book mm. and the second book so for people who don't have it yet yeah um, and obviously if you've got a star why would you order the first book again you wouldn't yeah. Yeah. so we're rewarding you like okay you're, you're still going to get your two stars you get the second book boom you're now two star prime guards yeah um and we're we're moving that all forward, and every Kickstarter has a version exclusive. So on the first one, that was it was really popular. Um, so it's this guy right here, which oh, is sort yeah. of like novel style. You know, yeah. if, if you saw a novel of Star Wars, it would kind of look like that cover. Um, we will never print that version again, mm. and we're doing that again on this Kickstarter. And of course, then I was like, wait a minute, if we do that on four Kickstarters. Yeah, and someone actually gets the exclusive for every Kickstarter. They need a reward. Like we got to give them. Something. <laughs> so we're really that's that's why we haven't launched it. Is we just kind of keep yeah. improving, and we're like looking forward to the third and the fourth one. And how can we give people, you know, a lot of really fun interactive experience? Yeah. Um, and and again, like I think Tom, like there's a lot of work to be done in the sense like he's had this in his head, but there was definitely a point where I think he gave up. Yeah, You know, the first book that, again, that other company had really just dragged him through some crap. And I think he just got to a space yeah. where it's never going to happen. And then as we started working together, he said to me at times, he's like, you know, I, if you guys hadn't jumped in here with me, I don't know if I would have finished it. Yeah, um, yeah. And with that in mind, that means as we go to do the second and third issue, he kind of had to go, oh, my God, wait, we're actually doing it. Yeah. Oh, wait, where's that script? I'm not ready. Like, oh, I'm not wait. ready. <laughs> yeah, he's like, wait, wait, wait. So, so, you know, there's been those kinds of things. And again, the, yeah. the biggest delay was that we lost artists. Like we, yeah. we had artists that totally flaked on us. Mm. We, and we had artists that it's not their fault. They actually had legitimate yeah. things happen in their private life where I would never yeah. give them a hard time. about. I was like, no, that's a legitimate yeah. problem. But, you know, creating a book where you now like just issue two, I think we've gone through five artists total. Wow. And so there's, art from at least three of them you know and we really like we had to be careful because we're like we don't want people flipping this book yeah and being like well that page looks totally different than this one so mm -hmm. some pages had to be sort of redrawn by a different yeah. artist to match their style and mm -hmm. um, yeah and i think we finally have kind of i don't want to like jinx us but i think we finally have found a team yeah that's working successfully and the, the plan is like we're just i think literally we're waiting on the last page once we get that last page, we're moving into issue three. We're not going to wait because, yeah. again, we don't want to make fans wait, you know, two years or something for the next book. 
Yeah, that's awesome, man. I can't wait. I mean, Black Alpha issue one was incredible. And, you know, we, we were fortunate to have Tom on the show and he kind of shared the, the background about Black Alpha when he was 11 in school, building out the world. Because when I read it, I was like, even I did, I think I did a post like, like, this is an amazing find. I don't know why I haven't <laughs> seen this comic before in my life, but the detail of the world building is next level. And then as you get to the last few pages, right, Tom goes into detail of, you know, the different universes, the different ships, each ship and what they do. And I'm just like, who does this kind of detail? This is insane, but like, I also love like super addictive. Yeah, schematic. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, I, I want to know so much more about this. So <laughs> it was awesome. And that's, that really was my entrance into WTF. And then obviously we had John on and we talked about Hourglass. And so I'm really happy we had Daryl on and he has his own um, call. Was it Ravager? I think if it's called. Oh, yeah. So uh, Rebigen. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So he and I linked up through a Facebook. Like I saw a post where he drew something and he was like, oh, I, you know, I just I need I just want to find a book. You know, I just want yeah. to do a whole book. No one's hired me to do a book. And I was like. Oh, okay. And I, I reached out. I think I have a book for you. <laughs> yeah. And we, we started kind of jumping back and forth and um, we had had a book uh, with an ex-business partner and we, we had to vote him out and whatever. And so we kind of, we had done this whole book build up yeah. and then we had to cut it loose. Mm. And I was hired on as a writer for that book. And so I get really attached. Yeah. Um, and I was really disappointed, not so much because I cared about having to remove this person, but like, I was like, that was our monster book. You know, we, we kind of, we, we have our sci-fi book. We have our sort of like mystical Kung Fu book. We have mm. sort of all these genres we're hitting, but I really love monster books. I was like, wow, we don't have a monster book anymore. And so that was the first thing out of my mouth to Daryl. I was like, I want to do a, a book, yeah. a monster book, but I don't want to do another Hulk, you know, storyline. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to, I don't even want to do a person becoming a monster. Like I don't mm. ever want to see anyone become a monster really. <laughs> Um, I want to dive in, you know, to a yeah. world maybe very much like our own, but suddenly has monsters. And I'm a big X-Men fan. So that was kind of mm. my, like, what if these monsters are like the X-Men, like mutants that they just exist now in the world yeah. and they have to cope, you know, and, and society has to figure out how to deal with them. So, and he was like, I love monsters. Actually, that's like one of my favorite things to draw. So he just starts sending me monsters, you know, and, <laughs> and I think he genuinely, he sent me like 12 or 10 or whatever it was. Yeah, different random designs and he was like all right which one do you want to use and i was like yeah he was like yeah but which one i was like yeah yeah all of them that's good we'll use those <laughs> and he was like well no i thought there was gonna be one i was like no i'm thinking no they're like a i think we're gonna use all of them yeah and he was like dude and i was like and i started sending him back like i took this guy i changed this i, cha I gave him a name i gave him a backstory this is who he is this this one his name is this and like and i just kept and he was like dude and i was like we need a female i need you know we need and he was like okay <laughs> um, but um, Revagen is really something he had, I think, started before we met. And he had only uh, done a few pages or something. And he and he just kind of like, I think, doing the Miserable Monsters book with me, he yeah. kind of went, wow, there's actually nothing stopping me. I should just do my book and then I can just, Jack will put it out. You know, Jack will help yeah. me get the printing done and all that. And um, it was so last minute. He had a Comic-Con coming up and he was like i really want to sell it it's done but like none of the formatting had done yeah like, all the lettering had to be done you know the editing all this and he was like is there any way we can get this done and so we <laughs> rushed that first issue so fast yeah and um i ended up i looked at his cover and that was one of the first things and this honestly comes from producing and working in distribution of, mm -hmm. of the film industry 
people say don't judge a book by its cover that's not how it works that's not how world. comics works yeah it's not how movies work like we yeah. have movies all the time that came through our studio that have been around for four years great movie nobody would buy it yeah we would buy the rights to the movie make a new poster and a new dvd case and walmart would order five hundred thousand copies yeah wow. and so i learned really quickly like yeah the cover matters and so he sent me this cover and it wasn't that like the cover was terrible but i was like you know the lettering you're using for the title just doesn't come off like with that professional like catch your attention thing and i was like so i, I played around and i kind of pitched four ideas i had done and he was like yeah i kind of like this but not so much that and i went i was like you know what we need we need a touch of the rash you know and so i hit up tom and i was like this is the last minute i'll send you a, a photoshop file with all the assets yeah. and then you can do whatever you want but just give it that that touch like yeah. like tom does have this really amazing ability to like look at something and he'll go the reason that doesn't look quote professional or real yeah is just this composition this 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 is too big this is too small there's too much here yeah. you know and he'll just make a few adjustments and he sent us back the cover and daryl was like oh my god this, like, this <laughs> looks like a real book all of a sudden and so yeah. it was so fast and i he sold out like he went to that yeah. con put it up and sold out immediately and that's he awesome actually just texted me two days ago or something and was like hey i gotta order more copies and i was like all right yeah like, that's awesome it's a good problem to have yeah it really is and it's a fascinating book like i'm always i'm always attracted to villains you know and so yeah. media i was flipping through it and i was like i love this villain i love th this idea of the villain he's like yeah but what do you think about the hero i was like he's fine but i love it. <laughs> it's because like heroes are cool and i i root for heroes you know yeah. but at the same time like if you don't have a good villain yeah the whole thing's bunk you know i don't really care <laughs> about anything else so um and but yeah Ms., you know so that's the two books that he's done with us so far he has a manga that he's working on yeah um there's other stuff that we're we're having him jump on um he's taken a stab at the bondsman which is another yep. ip owned by tom mm. that um i was so excited because um i you know as an editor-in-chief i i wear multiple hats i am yeah. a writer yeah but when people come to me and they go here's my book here's my thing i try to never ever ask do you need a writer yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. no matter no matter how much I see the art and I'm like, Oh, I want to write this. <laughs> I really try to just keep it to myself. And I'm like, yeah. if, they, if they ask me, that's one thing, but I don't want to be that editor. That's constantly trying to put himself, yeah. you know, on every project. Um, and Tom and I were just talking about the bondsman. He's like, you know, I don't really have a script. I don't, you know, I thought about reaching out to this guy and reaching out to this guy. And I, at some point we were chit chatting and it just came up, you know, I was like, we could just do it together. And he was like, yeah. I mean, yeah. He was like, I love your writing. That, you know, maybe you could write it. And I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I like, I went ham. <laughs> I like there, you know, I'd be up till four in the morning and I just like send him all. So I was like, and, and he doesn't really type. So he'd call me the next day and just be like, bro, what the hell? And I was like, well, <laughs> well, you said this and this. So I, you know, I built a whole chapter around that. He's like, all right, but like, maybe we do like a one-off to start with. So we don't do like a 42 issue. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he kind of like what he had told me about it was so straightforward. He was like, you know, it's like um, Spawn and um, Boba Fett in a way oh, wow. mixed together. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. OK. And and, you know, there were things there's definitely things that I pitch again. I take everything to the, the extreme. I'm like, go big or go home. Yeah, yeah. So I would hit him up and I'd be like, you know, like thinking about this alien technology, maybe there's like certain aliens that use their bodily fluid to create the charge for weapons and he was like oh okay i kind of dig that you know and yeah. i was like you know you could have this like centipede creature like basically 
eating a bunch of stuff and then shitting and then he was like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. No, no 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 that's not what i meant and i was like oh and he was like no maybe it could be their blood you know they you know or that maybe they like threw up a little bit or something but, wow jack you had to take it there I was like, yeah I had to take it there. so we dialed some things back um that's awesome and, and i love that he created a uh, amelia which is the really sort of the main character of the mm. bondsman and she's this human this young girl on earth that meets um you know this creature and he also he always refers to the pit uh or pit um, oh. which is from the same the, the max kind of world and I, i'm more of a max fan so i can always refer to that but that that idea of this big hulking kind of badass that mm. that befriends a small very normal person yeah um and so that book's been a lot of fun. Like the script's done, you know, we just, we literally, we wanted to give Daryl a chance to take a stab at it. And he's just been so busy with Revagen and miserable monsters and his teenage mutant Ninja Turtle work and yeah, yeah. Um, commissions. That guy's got so many commissions right now. Every time I'm like, Hey, what's up with that cover? And he's like, <laughs> I, have, I have seven more commissions as soon as I'm done. I'm like, okay, yeah. I can be patient. I'm <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's such a good guy too, man, Daryl. Yeah. So yeah, then we uh, get into say one of our, uh, Oh, go ahead. Tests. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, I was just gonna say that's the, everybody we work with. I feel like you can say that. Yeah, like, no, for just sure. A good person, you know, it's like that's kind person. of what we're at. Like, are they good people? You know. Yeah, yeah. No, Daryl's amazing, and he's a great artist. And yeah, no, we had a lot of fun. He came on the show too, and we talked about his uh, his time uh, with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the award that he got. And he's just like the kindest, gentlest person I think I've ever met. Man, he's just happy to be here. I love those people. Yeah, there's no he's talented, man. He's very talented. Yeah, I he's follow like, him on all the social media and he's he does some amazing art, man. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah, good guy, man. Good guy. Yeah, you have a really good team over there. That's for sure. I think everybody I've met at WTF has been amazing. Yeah, and hopefully we can we're, we want to branch out and try to get some of our international people uh, more yeah. involved because it mm. is so it is hard. You yeah. know, we've got people out of Argentina and Brazil that are like family at this point. Yeah, um, and we're putting out their work, and it's like, you know, the like the time zone difference, the connection. Yeah. Um, we've tried video chats with some of these yeah. people, like in Indonesia, and it just it doesn't work. You know, yeah, like yeah. they're there, but it freezes, and we're like, how can we, you know, help kind of bring them to this stage? Um, so we are doing some stuff with like Paulo, who's has the manga Blue Ghost, mm. um, and we're uh, actually like this weekend I was doing the finalized stuff for for this book uh ganger's combat oh yeah which is like such a cool book and like they got into it and he was I, like i think he had planned for about a 75 page book and they got 30 pages completely done they had like another 30 pages sketched out and the artist died um oh, wow and so he you know he's worked really hard he's all street samurai and blue ghost the blue ghost now has 76 pages and it's done yeah um and so he's like we're getting him to do videos for his for the kickstars we're running and so on because then he can save it send it to yeah. us and we don't have that connection issue um so that's one way but we're always kind of looking for those new ways to, to help bring them into that spotlight because it is yeah. about the creators like the books are great but for me i'm always fascinated to hear their story about like how yeah. they put so much of their own money and time into this and what inspired it and like a lot of these guys are like why yo this character's funny i like her name like well, that's my daughter's name yeah you know? and you're like that's cool yeah yeah that's awesome man well can we talk a little bit about replacing alice yeah yeah that one's uh um it's like in the in progress section uh, okay that's that's an idea um 
um it's so yeah it's funny my daughter is alice of course and i was like i just want to use her name you know that's cool um but it goes way back to my my film background where i got called out uh sort of as a storyteller and as a writer and as a um story editor mm -hmm. um where somebody was like you know like you're tearing these stories apart you know that we we worked hard on and brought to you i'm like yeah but i worked hard at learning how to construct these stories you guys you know some of these people you're dealing with they are not writers yeah they're they made their money doing something else and they're like i'm gonna make it into a movie and i'm like well you don't understand the work some of us have put into learning how to write that story yeah. and how to write a story that can then be produced into a movie um people would always tell new script writers like well you need to know your audience and the problem i often ran into is everyone thinks your audience are people who are going to buy tickets to go see the movie that's not your audience as a writer mm -hmm. you are talking and really writing for people with money yeah. who's going to pay you for this script who's going to make this project you have to know that audience like you have to know what the studios are looking for um and they just somebody just kind of called me out one day and i was like all right I, give me some random stipulations you know uh this genre this budget whatever you want and i'll give you a story right now that i think will would be better than what you currently have mm. and um and they did they were like fine da, 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 da. and i just started spitballing things that i like and i was like oh here's the story it's like this this happens this happens this happens this happens and that would be the general and everybody was kind of like wait so how long have you been working on that i was like i just made that up <laughs> like right now and they were like and it kind of ended the debate at the time yeah. um and it was just one of those things that happened in five minutes you know it was it was an argument where i just sort of had to kind of show people in the room like i wasn't just bullshitting them i knew what i was talking about but then as time went on, weeks and months passed, it, it was in my brain. Mm. And the story just kind of kept turning around and around. And I, I started writing a script for a movie. Um, and as I was writing, it, God, this is getting expensive. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and I loved everything about it. But I was like, I honestly, I don't know anybody who would put yeah. up the money for this particular movie right now. Um, unless I got some really big names attached early on and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so I just kind of sat on it. And then I started thinking about turning it into a novel. And then as we did this, um, uh, WTF Comics, um, and I should point out our website's WTFcomicbooks.com. Um, yeah. It, I was like, well, here's an opportunity to do it. Mm -hmm. And I really have been playing with, should it be a comic or should it be a manga? And I've gone through seven artists currently, mm -hmm. um, just doing character designs. And I really, it's, it's, a, it's, it's become a very important story to me, oddly. Yeah. Um, it does. It's not like it comes from my childhood or anything like that. It's a sci-fi thing. But in my head, I'm like, I just I don't want to do it unless I get to actually see these characters, yeah. you know. Um, and I have one character that basically someone finally sent me a sketch. I was like, that's it. That's yeah. it. that's the guy. Um, and so right now, the guy I'm working with is a manga artist. Mm -hmm. um, and we're kind of making those first steps. We've done like six pages or something. Um, but it it is probably one of those books that we will put out not last because i don't know yeah. we'll ever stop but in a sense it is the last on my list i'm not mm. i'm not waking up like oh i gotta get this done today um but it constantly piques people's interest like it, it's honestly it's one of the things that people will flip through a whole website and be like well when does that one come out i'm like oh, yeah man. <laughs> so I, i've tried to kind of put my foot down on the gas pedal a little bit and start moving that forward yeah. um it it involves science that fascinated me as a kid um a lot of people aren't aware but uh, there was a doctor like in the 60s or 70s who basically was like, you know, heart transplant, heart, you know, uh, like lung transplant, organ transplants, like switching these things out very hard. 
you know, it's not actually hard in a sense, apparently, and I'm not a surgeon, yeah. but from his point of view, he's like, you know, it's not really hard chopping someone's head off and putting it on a different body. And he was like, <laughs> you've got the throat, you've got some veins, you've got whatever in there, but we've got that science. Yeah. And I, and it, it it's going to mess with you, but feel free to YouTube it. They did it with apes with, uh, I mean, he he literally did an experiment where he took the brain out of a person, set it up on a desk, and ran wires to it on a uh, forget what you call the device, but it reads what the mind's thinking and what activity is going on. That's and he crazy. proved he was like, you can hook the brain up basically to a battery, and it's still working. Um, what he also proved is that the brain was basically going, ah! yeah, <laughs> like the whole time it was like freaking out. Um, yeah. yeah. And it does seem to at some point sort of kill itself. It just says, I, I, I don't like this. Good bot. Yeah. And it shuts itself yeah. off. And so then there's videos where they did some kind of ape where they took the head off of one ape, put it on another body and woke it up. And it's reacting. And it, they're touching the hands to make sure it's working. It's coordinated. Um, and that was a big part of replacing Alice. I was like, wow. That's where and, and Alice Replica, I think, may end up becoming the name of it. Or, or Alice de Replica. Um, just because I wanted to start playing with her name and, and the yeah. title. But um, it, in a sense, that underscores sort of what's going on in that story. Um, I'm a crazy. big Alita uh, fan, yeah. uh, Battle Angel, that kind of thing. Um, uh, I, I like cities and worlds that are part of the story. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen Dark City. That was no, I haven't. Good. That was a big one for me. It it it, I think it is based on a graphic novel. It came out in the '90s. It's got like Keith Sutherland in it and uh, uh, Jennifer Connelly's in it, and it's amazing. It's like this guy goes to sleep, wakes up in a bathtub, and he can't remember who he is. But basically, everybody keeps telling him that he's a serial killer, and he's like, "I don't think I am." <laughs> and the more he tries to like inspect the city at night, that he realizes he's like, "Like, where's the sun?" is it just me? Like, does the sun ever come up here? Like, how do you get out of the city? And every time he tries to get out of the city, he can't. Oh, um, so wow. it's a great movie. And I, I highly recommend it. If you, yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Definitely check it out. Well, it sounds awesome. When do you think, uh, uh replacing Alice will be out? Oh, I don't know. That one's yeah. like I said, like if you go to Still our work site, in progress then, right? Yeah. You'll see, we have like available now and then we have like featured next and then oh, okay. if you keep going down to in progress. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's way down there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that those are, those are sort of literal. Like I will move things up based on their progress. Yeah. So you can always check our site and kind of see. Yeah. Um, so like featured next right now um, is actually probably going to get updated here soon. Cause right now mm -hmm. it says FML. Which is a, a replica degada uh, or replica, mm. <laughs> Republica degada, mm. uh, which is a manga series out of uh, South America. Mm. Uh, Fernando Biz, who's the artist on Pachinocho, I think he has 19 volumes, and every oh, wow. volume is at least 80 pages, from what oh, I've wow. seen. And it's just, it's a slice of life manga, and a lot mm. of people were like, "Really? Like WTS putting out a slice of life manga?" And I was like, but here's the thing. When I, we were all flipping through it, we would see pages and go, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And it was because we realized it. it is a story that in the U.S. I think a lot of people may look at and go, that's inappropriate. Mm. And we were like, but why? Because yeah. if you change the female to a male, mm -hmm. you wouldn't question. Mm. You know, there, one of the first scenes we saw that kind of caught us off guard was it's a joke. There's this it's all about this girl who there's a teacher that she cannot get away from, like. She meets him on the bus. It's embarrassing. She gets to school. He's her new teacher. And she's like, damn it. She gets home. He's here. The neighbor. Damn it. He starts dating her aunt. And she's like, oh, my God. Like, I hate this guy. 
and she's super melodramatic. She's a teenage girl, yeah. you know, and there was this page where it was like, because he's the neighbor, she's doing something embarrassing. She's changing clothes and it's tap, tap, tap on the window, you know, and he's like, I can see you close your, close your blinds, you know? And she's like, Oh, and then she did something else. And tap, tap, tap. And he's like, I can see you close your blinds. And she's like, yeah. Oh. And then there's her with her hand in her pants and it's going tap, tap, tap. And it, it's not the window. It's her going tap, 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 tap. And he's at the window like, dude. And we're like, and all these people are like, wow, you know, she's, she's naked. She's masturbating. Like, whoa, you can't do that. And I was like, well, why? Like girls go through the same shit that guys go through in a lot of ways. Like, like how many movies and stories are there about teenage boys who are obsessing over sex and their parents walk in on them masturbating. They find their porn. They yell at them for playing too many of video games. They, you know, their priorities are all screwed up. Like, I got to find a boyfriend. I got to finish this game. I got to, yeah. you know, like, why is the teacher mad at me for not doing my homework? And and that's what uh, the book, Replica de Gata, is, which basically, yeah. a Bienvenida's um, uh, Republica de Gata is the, the original title. We in the U.S., like, that doesn't quite roll off the tongue here. Um, <laughs> so we changed the title to FML. Yeah. Because as I was talking to Fernando, I was like, I feel like she's constantly like, God, fuck my life. You know, yeah, and he yeah. was like, that, that works. He was like, that's what it is. <laughs> um, and so again, it's just a translation. We're, we're translating yeah. it from uh, Portuguese. Um, um, or wait, was that? <laughs> yeah. I've, tra- I've been translating books now for the past couple of days. So it's the Spanish. <laughs> Brazil, and Portuguese, Por- yeah. Portuguese, yeah. are getting yeah. mixed up. Um, well, yeah, he's yeah. from Argentina. So it's oh, like okay, his, Spanish. Spanish. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and then, and then his character's from Italy. <laughs> like the, the main girl, Estrella, is technically from Italy. So, yeah, when I'm trying to translate and and do the lettering, I get very confused. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's 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 so fun. And and the first issue, like we, um, it's done. Like we basically, I'm getting the last stuff back from our editor, who's just we. I do my work. I send it to someone else. We send it to somebody else, because. Yes, you can just translate. You can Google translate. And that's how a lot yeah. of these books get done. Yeah. And we yeah. see them and we're like, it's not going to do well. And it isn't because mm-hmm. your story's not good. It's because the translation's bad. Yeah, it's too yeah. literal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always think about Cowboy Bebop. One of the big things for Cowboy Bebop that apparently made it a hit was the fact that they took so much time in the dubbing. Like, and mm. I'm all for reading the subtitles. But in the U.S., kids watching a brand new anime, when the dubbing is bad, when, it, yeah. when they say, I love you are good. Yeah, and it yeah. doesn't match the the lips or anything. It takes you out of the story, but they yeah. took the time on that show to really get voice actors who tried to understand what is the point of this line. Like, yeah. let's not focus on the words, but what's the point of the line? What could I say that uh, a U.S. native English speaker would actually say? Right. And so right. that's it's taken us a while, like to kind of get a system and a flow. But now that we've got it, like it's really coming back. Like I'm reading stuff. I'm like, oh, I get the joke now. Yeah. Like, yeah. It just wasn't quite <laughs> translated right, but now I get yeah. the joke. I think fans are are really going to enjoy that one. Um, but then flipping over to Hachi and Ocho, um, Satori, who yeah. um, is one of our, she's literally like one of my oldest friends. Yeah. Um, who Satori is so unique. Like she has been our editor. She will go through things and just spot stuff you would never, ever see. And I mean, mm-hmm. just grammatically, she's way over the top. She was, you know, I'll be like, why did you put a comma there? And she's like, well, uh, in 1978, technically, this dictionary debated that the comma like that. And you're like, I, that's not what I was asking. She's like, well, hold on. And then in 1994, they reestablished that that comma usage should only be used. And I'm like, I, so it's 
it needed a comma. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But she also has this like mind for storytelling and we would bring her on as a co-writer. There's a a story that John came up with. That's just fucking awesome. Like I won't, it's not, hold on. If it's on the site, I'll say it. Okay. So bullet. If you scroll real far down, Uh there's a a story bullet. And John had originally thought of it as like a web series or a, a Netflix series. And he had just kind of written a page of what the main points would be. And he was like, I don't know, maybe you and Satori could sit down and work something out. And then working with her as a writer, I was like, wow, you might actually be one of the most brilliant minds I've ever worked with in storytelling. And I've worked with people from big productions, you know, like Hollywood, you name it. I mean, just stuff that you're like, well, they're like so great. And you like, but you don't always get that vibe when you're working with them. She would just go, well, you know, if, this happens and then this happens wouldn't it be better for this one line to be this god that's brilliant i'm like fans <laughs> don't even understand how we got there but that's yeah. brilliant and so she basically hit me up and said i you know she loves manga she's deeply rooted in japanese culture obviously and she was like i have this idea of, of this manga hachi and ocho and for those of you who don't speak japanese and or spanish hachi is eight in japanese ocho is eight in spanish and this book is, I think anime and manga fans are going to go nuts. Yeah. I think fantasy fans are going to go nuts. I mean, there, it speaks to so many different fan bases, but it, it's true to them. Mm. It isn't just mashing them together to try for like sales purposes. It really is a honest and truthful uh, expression of who Satori is. Mm. And it's, it's been so fun to work on. So Hachi is, uh, I, I, I don't want to say too much because yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm just a writer on it. I, I didn't create it, but, but Hachi, if you look at just the images, you'll see she's an, a mime. Uh, she's a Japanese, she lives in, in Japan. She's this very traditional kind of Japanese girl who works multiple jobs. She's very responsible. She takes care of her boyfriend. She wakes up, she cooks, you know, she has pets that she takes care of. She does dog walking. She works at a bakery, very responsible young lady. And her mother had given her this necklace and she basically goes through a ritual where when she decides to go out street perform as a mime, she does all of her makeup in this sort of ritual fashion. And then she turns the medallion three times and Mm. she will not speak until she comes home and turns it back. And basically she goes out one day and she sees this sort of uh, Mexican goth street girl, Ocho. And it's sort of peripheral, honestly. It's like she's performing her mime stuff and a little bit starts, you see it and you're like, she's kind of too good at being a mime. It doesn't quite seem normal. Mm-hmm. And, but she, on the side, she sees Ocho and Ocho's like trying to steal a sandwich from somebody, you know, and, and they have this kind of funny, like their eyes meet and she's like, like, don't steal from the people who are watching me do mime work or whatever. And then out of nowhere, there's this cataclysmic event that slams them together. Mm. And the story from there is the two of them discovering who they really are. Um, yeah. you, they basically both start to realize that they aren't normal people, that mm-hmm. the reason their name is eight, there's a reason behind it. And one of the things is like all the fantasy stuff that she has added in there. That's really fun. The stuff that a lot of fans will maybe never really pick up on is my favorite. Like she's gone into detail about every eight pages, certain things have to occur. Every nah. four pages, something has to occur. Like her number work mm. involving the characters, the world, and everything is deep. It yeah. is really like there are times that I, like as a writer, 
it's not it's not really frustrating because I enjoy hearing her answer. But sometimes I'm like, oh, well, I got this idea on this page. We should totally do that. She's like, you can't because we're now on page seven and we're you know not even page seven. She's like, we're on page 32. And then when we hit the the eights of the eights times this, like that means this page has to end this way. And that this and I'm like, damn, that's brilliant. Yeah, I, never mind. My idea sucks. <laughs> like, she's like, no, no, we could do it on a different page. I'm like, OK, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what you want to do. Um, and it's it's moving along really quickly. I think we're at 20 something pages now. Oh, okay. um, I forget, uh, honestly, because I uh, on that one, I'm very much like a co-writer. I, I'm brought yeah. on really more as the editor in chief. I sort of only keep track of making sure that, that the funds get to Fernando on time. Yeah. Um, PayPal had this whole issue with some countries. I don't know if you ran into this, but like suddenly you couldn't send money yeah. to certain countries. And, and so we had to like get money from Satori through PayPal and get the PayPal to this PayPal to, to Wise to send it to Fernando Crazy. and Wise. And so I, I was managing mostly that. So I, I haven't focused much on exactly what page we're on. I mostly am like, hey, I need the high res so I can put it on the on the hard drive. Yeah. Um, but it just looks amazing. And there is an Instagram. If you check out Hachi and Ocho on okay. Instagram, um, you'll see some of the artwork coming in there. And and it's, I think, really different for Fernando. It's so because he comes from doing that slice of life yeah. stuff. A lot of like drawing every woman voluptuously you know and 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 but at the same time one of the things that attracted us to his work was we were like damn like he his understanding of perspective is mm. dead on yeah and his detail is amazing and so even though it's like this funny manga page you might be looking at you if you really understand the art you can step back and go wow though well, what he did there though with the angle that he chose is probably the hardest one he could have chosen. Mm. Like most artists would never have chosen that. They would have been like, Oh my God, that's going to be too hard. Let's find another, another way to do this. And he goes into like, well, no, you said that this was happening in the background. So he really draws that character. He doesn't do silhouette of that in the background. You know, he Mm -hmm. goes ahead and truly draws them. So I think it's, it's going to really catch people off guard. Um, And I will say, because you know, people are always asking that one will be bumped up probably in terms of how soon it's coming out. Okay. Um, we are very much putting our foot on the pedal on that one um, for reasons that I, I won't go into, but there's, mm-hmm. there's personal stuff happening with some of the people involved making it, and we just want to make sure it gets done before anything comes up that could stop them from right. you know, seeing that first volume get done the way they want and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it is definitely going to be moving very quickly. Um, and, that's, and that's part of like the overall plan at, at WTF right now is we really decided to go to that we were always doing comics and now we're like, well, let's do like 50, 50. Let's try to yeah. do 50% manga, 50% comics. Cause a lot of our stories were like, it's a manga story. It's, it's anime, you know? Yeah. And yeah, we could put it in a, in an American comic format, but <clears throat> it wouldn't really be true. And yeah, to the story, um, which I will say we hadn't talked about yet, but I'll, I'll, I'll swing you around to one of my favorites epidemic. Yeah. Um, so epidemic is, uh, an experiment in that idea so epidemic is manga art but comic book format mm. and so we we started by literally doing the comic book page size and going to the artist and be like, i want you to do it in this size and the artist was so confused i was like that's yes. so you want me to do a comic book style i was like no 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 manga style and they were like well what <laughs> <laughs> and i was like but here's the thing epidemic was something john and i worked on God, I don't know, 14 years ago or something where it was designed. It was older than that. It was before walking dead hit TV. Mm. And we were, had, I had an idea 
um, to do a series. And we start, we, we laid everything out, you know, all these different ideas, all these different stories, all these different episodes. Um, but it all came from, I basically had a, a vision, if you will, of a scene that in my head, I was like, I want to do to sex what Hitchcock did to the shower. Mm. You know, Psycho came down, nobody wanted to get in the shower. Yeah. I was like, I want people to be, to see it and go, I don't know if I ever want to have sex again. <laughs> like, and so the, the, the basic premise is that uh, an STD epidemic occurs in North America mm. that is just wiping people out. And the reality of whether or not it spread to other countries um, isn't even something we're going to get into right away. But like the whole idea was that like, okay, so they're sort of zombies, yeah. but they're not zombies. Um, it's an infection. And the, at the time when I really was thinking about it, the whole basalt thing was happening where people were smoking basalt and going mm -hmm. crazy and, and attacking people and biting their faces off. Mm -hmm. And and so it got very interested in the science of that, of what the hell was happening to these people. There was, I saw this story where this guy got shot like 16 times by multiple cops and he just kept coming and, and he ended up biting one of the officers and they were like, how, like how? Yeah. Um, and so I got all involved in the science and I ended up, I had a friend who was a, uh, a doctor MD who oddly ended up like he made, he actually mixed new drugs uh, for a pharmacy to try to cure different things. So I sat him down. I was like, so what if I wanted to make a disease, an STD, that if I put it on paper and put it in someone's chart, the doctor would believe it. Mm -hmm. I want everything about it to be as realistic as possible. And so we spent like a year really, truly developing. And we oh, were looking wow. at AIDS. We were looking, I mean, we even looked at different venoms of, of animals and how it reacts to the body and all these different things. And then I had to break down charts um, of how I would know who would get infected, which way and how, and what the outcome would be. Um, and so epidemic now is the first issue is done. Mm -hmm. uh, we did shoot a pilot. We had shot sort of a short film pilot, really low budget. I, I think we spent less than $3,000, but we wrecked the car. Like we did all oh, wow. sorts of stuff. <laughs> but then we looked at it and we were like, oh, like look at Netflix. They're spending $8 million on a pilot. I don't think they're going <laughs> to pick this up. You know? um, and so we kind of shelved it. And what the first issue is, I literally took stills from that, that short film, from that pilot, and I laid them out like a comic, sent them to the artist, and he drew over those. Oh, wow. And so, again, we got into this, how can we make this interactive? So that Kickstarter is, is being built and sort of set aside. Uh, so you'll be able to get the first chapter. It's about 30 pages in an American comic book style, if you want. Yeah. And it has variant covers. It's, it's going to be black and red. So it's black and white, but there'll, any blood, you know, there'll be moments of red. Uh, and you'll be able to get the second volume that same way. And it'll have variant covers and, and so on. But then you'll be able to get both of them together like a trade, but in mm. manga format. Mm. So it'll be smaller uh, size. Yeah. They'll all be together and it'll only be black and white. Um, and some of like we, we did a test run at Heroes Con, not this year, but the year before to see how people responded. We just printed the first issue really rough. You know, I even told people, I was like, I did the lettering in like 20 minutes. So there's probably yeah. mistakes. We're, we were selling it dirt cheap. Um, and the response was big. Like people yeah. were like, this is messed up. Like, what is this? <laughs> and one of the things that blew my mind is I was like, just for funsies, we ordered condoms. <laughs> and at every con, anyone who has a booth, you know, something's going to get stolen from your table. It's gonna yeah, yeah. the number one thing stolen from our table. <laughs> for sure. Were the condoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> so we had for to sure. pull them back. But like, they literally say they have sort of a, a viral 
I don't know if you can see it, but the logo yeah. is sort of a hazard symbol <laughs> thing. And it, it's like awesome. tiny lettering. It just says you're already infected. That's brilliant. It's like a test. Like, like how like fans get so picky. I'm yeah. a manga fan. I want my manga like this. Yeah. And yeah. this is a test of like, yeah, but would you accept like a mix yeah. of comic and manga? And yeah, um, we're really like, that's a Kickstarter that I'm so excited about. You're going to be able to get your uh, certificate of death. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so fans will be able to and obviously you can lie you can you can make up stuff we're not asking for people's personal information really but we are going to have a form you can fill out where you put in your personal medical information and your sexual partner's medical information and we will send you your certificate of death how will you die (laughs) And, and we're just trying to warn people like yes there's a very small percentage of people who can technically survive this st but it is a so tiny don't expect yeah. to survive like, yeah yeah <laughs> like it's, it's engineered against you <laughs> yeah 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 um and the and the short film will be available to backers and things like that that is so um, cool man what yeah. a great idea too <laughs> again crazy, i try to take man. things dark you'll know if a project is originally mine you know <laughs> on how dark it like, is <laughs> yeah you're like where does, does, are there any heroes that live no jack yeah, yeah. jack was involved in this one yeah. for sure. <laughs> did he build someone up so you really love them and then he killed them horribly and like <laughs> probably jack <laughs> that is awesome man wow jack it seems like uh there's a lot going on at wtf um man you guys got your hands in a lot of things man which is yeah. super exciting for fans and uh I can't wait to see a lot of this stuff come to fruition, man. That's that's huge, 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 huge. We got to get a list from you, Jack, of Kickstarters of when they're starting. Yep. That way we could help get the messaging out because it seems like there's a lot of different directions and a lot of different projects that are being worked on with different timetables. So we, we're here for um, WTF. We would love to help pump out you know, when those Kickstarters are taking place. That way we can ensure that fans kind of mark their calendars and, and know when to jump into Kickstarter and, and start to, you know, do their uh, contributions. Yeah. And we really re-established how we're doing those after doing a couple. Yeah. Um, so what we're doing is we're building, almost, we're building like six out now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that they're ready. Yeah. And that way we don't, we can really tell people like this one's going to be first. Yeah. You know, it will take 30 days. It'll take 30 days to get everyone their stuff. The next mm-hmm. one will start, you know, yeah because um, we want people to be able to do that to, to know right. when the next thing's coming so yeah no yeah, that's awesome man that's awesome I'll happily send you that stuff <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely and uh you said it was wtfcomicbooks.com you should yep. go to that website a lot of information great website easy to use um okay. and you can find out all the information that you want on the website um anything else jack that we're missing out uh pertaining to wtf that you want uh, people to know about um you know, we are open to submissions in a sense. Um, yeah. We mostly say no just because, again, we're a small team of people and we don't want to tell someone we can do something and then not do it. Yeah. Um, but we take that all very seriously. We 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 take a lot of pride in supporting the creators um, and helping people bring books about that um, maybe other people would, other publishers would have said no to for silly yeah. reasons, you know? Yeah. Um, and the only, I mean, the only other thing I guess I'd say is like, if you're one of the big books, I think a lot of people are starting to get pumped about is Amber. Mm. Um, Joaquin Gonzalez came to me and and if you see his work, you're going to go, that looks familiar. He has done a bunch of variant covers for other people. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he does this sort of hyper real black and white style. And I literally contacted him. I was like, I have you never done a whole book in that style? I was like, it takes a long time mm. to do this. And nobody wants to pay for it. Yeah. And I was like, well, do you have an idea for a story you'd like to do? He's like, oh, yeah, but how would I do it? And I was like, well, what if I helped you? Um, and so he basically admitted, he's like, I'm not a storyteller. I don't know how to write it. I just have ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and it started, it was going to be a 24 page book. It was going to be a 28 page book. I think we're at 42 pages Oh wow! <laughs> right now. Um, and we are trying to put it out as like a graphic novel in a sense, yeah. <clears throat> but that's, that's the other one. I think people are going to be really excited about. We're, we're hoping, uh, by November that that will okay. be finished, like truly finished and ready to, to launch. So and you said it was Amber. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Called Amber. Um, that's cool. and, uh, you know, each one of our books, is very different and our creators are different. I think the, not just the sense of the 50, 50 manga and comic, but we're, we try really hard to draw in people from different backgrounds and yeah. to represent, uh, different people, different cultures, different lifestyles. Mm-hmm. Um, our big thing is we don't believe in taking a pre-established character and suddenly changing their identity. Oh, this one's yeah. suddenly we're going to change their skin tone. We're going to change their sexual preference. Yeah. Our goal is to create new characters yeah. that represent those people mm-hmm. from scratch. And, yeah. and the, the people who've lived those lives can and are involved in making the story. So it's true yeah. to them. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. I think that's kind of overall like our what's been setting us apart is, yeah. is that that perspective. So you'll mm-hmm. you always see something new from us. Um uh I know there's a new app called Kick. It's sort of a YouTube type style streaming service. Uh, you will see John. Uh, he is going to be launching on Kick soon. And one of the things okay. he's doing is he, he is a professional voice actor. He's been doing it for years. He used to do puppetry, too. Uh, oh, work wow. with some of Jim Henson's people. He is recording uh, voiceover work for Hourglass. Oh, wow. We've already started a motion comic. The goal is eventually to start doing some animation. So um, we will try to post about that and connect people to it. Because I think it's going to be really fun to see someone record the voices yeah you know and watch them kind of fumble and make those mistakes and be like oh that was a bad take i'm gonna do it again you know <laughs> and then get to see the final product so yeah that is awesome man yeah so we're Very always cool. here reach out yeah. anytime yeah yeah we'll definitely want to have you back on again jack and and the rest of the team as we get closer to some of these kickstarters that we can get the word out but jack thank you so much for joining us today had thank a you a blast talking to you in person. Although we go back and forth once in a while on Instagram, this is much better to see you and be able to have a real conversation, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 there's less typing. My thumbs appreciate it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I'm terrible, man. I, I mean, it's the same two fingers I use on a keyboard that I use on my phone. So <laughs> I will say I'm good at, if I'm at a keyboard, it's so much better, but yeah, my yeah, thumbs yeah. like hurt sometimes. Like, yeah, oh my exactly. God. Like, what has well, happened Jack- to us? yeah exactly (laughs) well jack thank you again for joining us man had a blast everybody please go to wtfcomicbooks.com check out all the great things that they're doing you could also follow them on all the social media um a lot of times jack is behind there (laughs) i found out or john everyone's taking turns but uh man it's incredible a lot of great stuff um coming um get out there and support wtf but jack thanks again for joining us man it was a Quite a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, I, I can't wait to see what comes out from uh, World of War Comics there. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you for the plug, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jack. We'll talk soon, my friend. Take it easy. Thank you. Bye-bye.